A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of The Emma Gunn Show. I am your host, Emma Gunn Awardner, and joining me in this episode is model and self-care advocate Iskra Lawrence. For me personally, this conversation with Iskra, based on what she's trying to do for people everywhere, which is to help them feel stronger, happier, more confident, and find their beauty from the inside out, really resonated with me. If you've listened to this show before, I've talked honestly, because I don't know how not to, about confidence and my own body issues, and it doesn't matter what anyone says, those insecurities are well-worn trenches in my brain that I guess I thought were normal and were with me forever. That's not to say I'm a Debbie Downer on myself every day, but how I look and my feelings about that can be a stick I used to beat myself with. And Iskra just won't have it. She just won't. There's something about Iskra, and in the research I did, and in talking to her, I believe she has the components to help stop that negative brain talk, where we can actually beat ourselves up pretty badly. And for me, and I really hope for you, if it's something you feel, or have ever beaten yourself up about, that makes me really positive and hopeful that there's someone like Iskra out there. And it's not empty. Iskra's felt all the same things that other women have, and dare I say she's had more external judgment considering she's a model than most of us, but she just won't let it bring her down. If you don't know her story, Iskra was dropped from a modelling agency for being too big when she was 15 years old. Now that's a tough age to be told something like that. And my overriding feeling when I read this story was that she could have gone one of two ways. She could have conformed and altered her body, or she could have left the fashion world entirely and told everyone how awful and vile it was. Not Iskra. Iskra said, you will accept me. You'll hear the story, but I do love a David and Goliath tale, and for me this really is one. She's 27 now, and she hasn't stopped with her quest to champion body diversity and change the perception of women's bodies in the media. Retouching isn't her thing, and she works with brands who feel the same way. So the fact that the BBC recently recognised her in their world's 100 most influential women is no surprise. We hung out primarily to talk about her wellness platform, Everybody with Iskra. It launches on January the 15th, 2018, and I'll put the link in the show notes and on emmaguns.com and iTunes. It's going to offer all sorts, including workouts, meal options, meditation, and also support. Think of it as a safe space to, I guess, help you reach the best version of you. I, for one, shall be downloading it. I've also been watching her YouTube on a loop, which again, the link will be in the show notes. Because it's fun, it's honest, she does brilliant breakdowns or takedowns of the kind of model poses that you see on Instagram and what it really takes to achieve them, basically how fake they are. I came away wishing there had been an Iskra when I was younger, but also feeling really glad that she's here now doing what she's doing. She's really damn impressive. She's an incredible businesswoman as well, which again, if you listen to the show before, you'll know that's one of my, one of the things on my checklist of interviewees. I've been interviewing people professionally for 15 years and I've prepped in different ways over that time. 
But I usually tend to go in with a piece of A4 paper that has kind of the main topics and it often looks a bit like a mind map, but it's just almost like a crib sheet. I don't think I've ever had such a busy packed plan. We got through a lot and I really hope you find the show and conversation useful and what she's trying to do is inspiring as I did and do. Iskra has a huge social media following and her name and what she's doing is something that many people know about and are engaging with but it is really important and I'm really pleased to be sharing my platform with her in this show to share her message. Also just as a side note on the day we recorded the vibe was really good. (laughs) It was a busy press day for the launch of the app. Iskara had just uh, I think just before I arrived had led a yoga class and been doing a load of interviews but the team and atmosphere were honestly buoyant and as an interviewer you get a real sense of a room when you walk in and you kind of sort of it gives you an idea of how things might go. And it was just a very positive, but relaxed, open, inclusive space. And also her dad was there and I love chatting to him too after we recorded. It was just a lovely day with kind, supportive, interested and inclusive people around, which you can't ask for more than that on the working day, can you? I'm really keen to know what you think of the show. So I'm going to announce this episode on my main grid on Instagram, as I do every Sunday when a new show goes live. So please do go over there and comment underneath to let me know whether it resonated with you. I'm emmaguns.com. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm at Emma Guns, by the way, over on Insta. As ever, full show notes are on emmaguns.com and iTunes or wherever you listen, stream or download. But without any further ado, I'm so pleased to say here she is, Iskra Lawrence on the Emma Guns show. Listeners, I'm very excited. I'm sitting here with the one and only Iskra Lawrence. Welcome to the Emma Gunn Show. Hi, Emma. That was quite an intro. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. We are in a yoga studio or a makeshift yoga studio, yes. I should say, where you've just led a yoga class that is in conjunction and to launch your absolutely very exciting and brilliant app, Everybody with Iskra. Yes, it's going to be an online inclusive health, fitness, wellness program that's going to be available to everybody January 15th. So it will be live now, so you can go and check it out after the podcast. The link will be in the show notes, obviously, on emmaguns.com and on iTunes. Now, I was saying to you earlier, when we were chatting through what we're going to discuss in the show today, I have been doing interviews for many, many years, and I have never turned up to an interview with so many topics that I want to cover in such a colourful way. In such a colourful way. Well, I went to, it's the beginning of the year, I went to Ryman's, I bought myself some new coloured font tips and look at what did. I produced. <laughs> so it's just missing purple, that's the only thing. Oh, that's interesting. You noticed. I feel like Regal I should. colour. I feel like I should write a letter to Ryman and say, well done, but you know, you need to add purple. <laughs> anyway, so I think let's start with the app and let's talk about the fact that this is about you creating a very positive and, as you say, inclusive community around all things health, wellness. Mm-hmm. If you were to give me the elevator pitch, what? how do you think you would describe it? And why is it only Iskra Lawrence that can do this? It came out of a place of frustration. And I always think that if you're developing something, it should be something that you want yourself. Mm. So it becomes uh, really a passion of yours. I was frustrated that when we discussed health, 
it was generally the physical. Mm -hmm. I was frustrated that there was no programs out there giving tools and um, ways people can help not just the physical health, but also their mental and emotional health, mm -hmm. all in a package, all in a very safe space um, where nothing was off limits. You weren't made to feel guilty. You weren't made to feel restricted. You could still live your life. It was just bringing a new positive addition mm -hmm. and giving you those helpful little tips and tricks and ways to become more active, mm -hmm. work on your meditations and mindfulness, get better sleep, mm -hmm. have discussions with psychologists and other inspiring women who were sharing their stories of their struggles, if it was with mm -hmm. sex, relationships, menstruation, like all sorts of areas that we don't discuss that are part of health. Mm -hmm. So it was really that's, that's a long elevator, I know. <laughs> I live in New York, so I live on the 50th floor, so I do have well, quite a while. this makes sense. Oh, 50th floor, I think they um suits. I don't know if you're watching Suits, I but I believe that they're on the 50th floor. I think they are. Oh. <laughs> you don't live with Harvey Specter, do you? I don't, but my housemate wishes we did. Mm. Anyway, we digress. <laughs> um, I think that's such an interesting point, because I remember a few years ago, um, I was having a bit of a wobble and a friend said to me why don't you just go and speak to someone mm. and I remember feeling like she was winding me by suggesting that I go and speak to someone and she said but Emma you go to the gym every day and you work on the physical how is going to speak to somebody any different from what you're doing with a personal mm. trainer how is it that I sprained my ankle the other week and everyone is there saying oh you better do this take mm. this go to the doctor da -da. what about when your mind is mm. struggling what about when something hits you like um, a, t a huge lorry and you just don't know how to cope with it mm. you need to go and also give yourself the time to heal and mm. realize that this is going to take an investment of time and energy and seek a professional seek mm -hmm. someone who can help you with that and I think as well, um, looking at the information about the app, so there's going to be meal plans, recipes, all sorts of things on here. But one of the things that will be absent is a certain type of vocabulary. And I kind 100%. of wanted to address that now because we were just talking, listeners, before we started recording about there are trigger words mm -hmm. and how um, a word that might seem completely innocent to one person might actually be deemed as an insult. So you've actually worked very, very hard to create this space where you've eliminated any of those words that might be tri triggering and sort of redefine and, and use a new language. And the trickiest thing about trying to create a health, wellness, fitness program without using many triggering words is that those are often the words that are going to get you the attention mm -hmm. or the highest hits or the most interest because, again, people associate a fitness program with weight loss mm -hmm. um, or are they associated with oh lose 20 pounds in two weeks and those mm -hmm. buzzwords that um, for a long time have made people I think that's what I want is it really what you want mm -hmm. why do you want to lose weight in the first place or what is it that you're trying to achieve and we associate our worth and our value so much mm. with our appearance and our size especially mm. um, and it's just so backwards and it, it's diet culture and it's an industry that has fed off of our insecurities in it to motivate us as mm. consumers and so as someone who is obviously putting something out there um, I want people to get involved, but I would rather protect the way they feel mm -hmm. um, and say, I'm not going to try and sell you something that's unrealistic. I'm not going to try and sell you that you're not happy now and I can definitely make you happy or that you need to change who you are and I can help you. But I don't want to change anybody. I just want to offer up mm. this, this uh, tools and, and advice and help that I, I believe could help you. 
Because you talked about, uh, previously, you've talked about the mirror challenge. Yes. Which I think is such a brilliant exercise. And as much as you can guide people through this, it's something that they can do in the privacy of their own home by mm -hmm. themselves. So would you tell me about the mirror challenge? I can actually give you a quick... Uh, I've done this so many times with friends, and um, I they're usually quite like me, so they're maybe they're already tuned in to speaking to themselves quite positively, mm -hmm. or they've been around me and I've kind of corrected them if I know they're speaking to themselves mm -hmm. incorrectly. For example, there's this really good quote where a girl was in a kitchen with her best friend, and she was like, oh God, I can't possibly eat that. I feel so fat at the moment. I'm disgusting. And her friend said, don't speak to my friend like that. <gasps> and nice. it, I just love that Ooh, so much. You would not speak to someone you love like that. And mm. you have to love yourself. And you have to realize, I do not deserve to be spoken to like that either. Mm -hmm. Even just at lunch, I heard someone saying, oh, I ate a double wrap and I felt like a pig. And so I immediately I know that I want to correct that person sometimes you don't know someone that mm. well but whoever's listening right now if you hear your friends or your loved ones talking to themselves like that say that mm. don't talk to my don't talk to my best friend like that don't mm. talk to my mom like that um, and it just will ch make them think and take mm. a step back and it's like wow it's damaging because if you think it and then if you verbalize it and you're putting that out there that's such a negative energy you're giving yourself mm. You wear it as well, don't you? Like if you, yep. I, I've lost count of the amount of times I've gone to an event and I thought, we'll not eat canapes, we'll not eat canapes. And then obviously I eat like eight of them. And then I can feel my demeanor change because I feel like A, I failed. Yep. B, oh, I couldn't, didn't have any self-control and I've just beaten myself oh, up Isn't with that it. awful that you allowed that to happen to yourself? Mm. But it, it's so normal. Mm. It's something we do every day. So the mirror challenge, if you start your day off, and so many of us do it, we'll get up in front of the mirror and we'll go, uh, my thing was always like breakouts, especially kind of growing up and wanting to do modeling and then thinking, oh my God, my skin's so disgusting. Like what's wrong with me? And mm. that, that was the first thought I felt when I looked at myself. Yeah. Um, and that's so damaging. And then you go off into the whole day and you're insecure the whole day about mm. that hang up or that insecurity. So the mirror challenge is essentially instead, and it has to be done with intent. Instead of seeing your insecurities, pick out the things that you feel proud about, that you love about yourself. If it's a part of your body, maybe it's just stretch marks that you can actually say, well, do you know what? That's a celebration of mm -hmm. um, the, my body changing and developing and growing. Or maybe it was the child you had and how wonderful that my body mm. did that. And you can really value all the different parts of your body. And the different people who I've done it with, I've had people say, well, I love my hands because they allowed me to be a seamstress and provide for my whole family. I love my legs because they allow me to run in the countryside. And that's something that makes me really happy. And one time I did a mirror challenge with um, a gentleman over in LA and he seemed like the most outspoken, loud, fierce, kind of knew exactly what he wanted and where he was going and I got him to do the mirror challenge and he was silent. He couldn't say anything to the point where I had to say, well, let me get you started. I've known you for two hours. You're passionate, you're hardworking, you're determined, your energy is on fire. And he was looking at me and he said, wow, thank you for seeing that in me. So then anyway, he started talking and it actually transpired that he was so angry because his brother had passed away from mental illness. He'd committed suicide and he felt like he didn't do enough at the time to try and prevent that. Now he's a campaigner to try and help other people not go through that. Right. And I just said, 
wow. And he had this such power behind it, but he didn't even realize that um, that's why he was projecting what mm. he was projecting. And then he kind of looked at himself and he saw all those things and he said, I'm really hurting from this. And I didn't realize that it was affecting the mm. way I was behaving with other people. And so it's really interesting what it will bring out. I mean, any of you listening to this right now, when was the last time you looked at yourself in the mirror and gave eye contact? I, I, I challenge you to tell me because it's, and it's uncomfortable as hell. And I would, I reckon you'd probably last 15 seconds and then you'll cry. Nine, I've said 99% of people, especially if you ask them to try and tell yourself with eye contact what you love about yourself, or if you say, what do you wish you could tell your 15-year-old self? It's so deep. Or you can do it in a letter form as well. If you're not comfortable with eye contact, mm. write your 15-year-old self a letter. Right. Wow. Okay. Try that tonight. I can imagine that it would be quite confronting. Yes. So I did training with the National Eating Disorder Association yes. in the US, and they did this wonderful training, and it was writing a letter to your 15-year-old self, and then actually finding out a point in your life, because there's often a reason why you go on a, a downward spiral with your body image or self-esteem mm. um, or body dysmorphia, and they said, try and find out or pinpoint when someone hurt you when you were younger and write them a letter and tell them everything that you couldn't at the time mm. and try to get closure, try to heal and try to figure out, you know, how that's affected you kind of long term. And mm. it's really interesting. I think what's really interesting is I have lots of friends who, um, they're polar opposites. They're either overthinkers, mm. of which I am one, or they go, get over it, have a drink or mm. get over it, just move on, don't think about it, which I find really impossible. But I think there's real value in finding a space in the middle where you address it and then close it down, shut it yeah. down or whatever it might be, which is what these exercises essentially do, right? Definitely, definitely. That is that is really interesting. And that's why I, I do like having a diverse mix of friends mm. because you'll figure out that there are certain friends that you come to for certain things mm. and you know you can have different discussions with each of them. And also it's great to have more formulated opinions so then you can kind of go off and figure it out yourself yeah uh, I have so many friends and I never ever ever tell them what to do I never pass judgment mm -hmm. but I'll give them my advice or I'll say you know what in my position this is what I would do mm -hmm. and you just have to be there to support someone because there is no such thing as a, a mistake or a failure it's just a lesson and um, we have to make those mm -hmm. decisions to grow and to move forward. My dad was a, always telling me, I went through a phase, especially as a, a teenager, of saying, I don't know, a lot. Mm -hmm. And if you're saying, I don't know, then you're just not making the decision to move yourself forward. You're just stationary. Mm -hmm. And that's a frustrating place for anyone to be in. And also for the people who love you, because they can't help you either. Mm -hmm. It's true with anything, if you're in a, in a pickle in a pickle. As I quite like to say. Mm -hmm. You actually, by, you might want to research something that's uncomfortable, whether mm -hmm. you know, it might be a health thing, or I'm not suggesting anyone Google health symptoms because we know where that takes you. <laughs> but actually addressing that is easy to avoid and sort of pretend that it's not there. But actually... Well, yeah. the fear is failure, mm -hmm. I think. So quite often we are not making decisions because we're scared of the consequence. But even if it messes up and blows up in your face, you did it. And you will find another door that will open or you'll have learned something so that it won't happen again. Mm -hmm. Or the whole thing is positive, even as scary as it could be, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. 
Let's go back to the beginning because you talked about being yes. a model. So you made a decision to be a model. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about that journey and the fact that it was essentially that that has led to where we are mm. today. Somehow. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> tell me how that all went down. Um, that was interesting. I started at 13. I entered L Girl Search for Supermodel. Mm-hmm. My mom was always very supportive, and my, both my parents, because they believed I should do what I what makes me happy and what I'm passionate about because that's surely what, you know, you're going to put your energy in and da da da. So I just remember one of the biggest fashion shows that I was going to do, um, fashion TV and it was going to be filmed and it was a quite a big deal. And I remember going and being backstage and there was obviously all these other models. And as a teenage girl, anyway, you're constantly comparing yourself to your peers, Mm -hmm. um, people you grow up around. And then obviously, models and celebrities and yeah, so yeah. literally being in the same room and looking at their bodies and I could almost tell what their measurements were I was that obsessed with right, size um, and I remember you're, you're basically naked when you're when you're in a fitting and there's mm. loads of other people in the room and there's stylists and da, 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 designers and I couldn't get any of the clothes on and so I was trying to do it in secret like try as many of the things on as I could and then they just weren't like getting up over my knees or thighs and I was like oh no this can't be happening this can't be happening (laughs) and then the stylist spotted what was going on he said you can't fit into the clothes I was like no is there anything else and he was like oh why have we got a fat model here and so (laughs) being like 15 16 I was like oh gosh there is something wrong with me or why why you just uh, so I ended oh my up, God, why? Yeah, so I ended up being in in three coats because the coats were the only thing that you know because mm-hmm. my legs were big. I, my top half, and at this point, I was a UK eight to ten, so I wasn't big at all, mm-hmm. and for my age, I was developing. Yeah. So anyway, um, that just really was like, if I ever want to make it as a model, I have to be smaller. Mm-hmm. so it then became the mission and when you're a competitive person I was a national swimmer so I was, I was successful you know I had confidence that I could achieve things mm-hmm. but I could not achieve being skinny enough like whatever I did and measuring yourself constantly and knowing that I really had to have 34 inch hips and I just had like 36 and a half inch hips and so that whole maybe five or six years was me trying to get with a big agency and just not being accepted because mm-hmm. of my size. And then I heard about plus size modeling when I was 19 and I went and saw one of the top agencies and they said I was too small. <laughs> oh, God. So I was just like, how is this right? This isn't, why is it all about size? I don't understand. Mm. I know I can model. I've been doing like little local things and I loved being on photo shoots and creating an image and I loved the fantasy of fashion and loved dressing up and all of these things. And I knew I was good at it. I knew I could walk. I was fierce. Um, and so I just thought, I need to convince them. You know how it often is, and it still baffles me how sometimes people can't see past their blinders. Mm-hmm. You have to literally give it to them on a plate and say, here it is. I'll show you. It can be done. So I begged an agency in London. It was just out of someone's front room. It was very small. I was like, please take me on. If there's no other models at my size, which is like a UK 10 to 12, then I'm the only one. So I will get booked for something because surely someone will want this. Mm. It's like a, I'm maybe doing laundry. That's kind of like how I position myself. 
And so I started working slowly and slowly and the crazy thing was I was doing shoots and I would get paid half what the other model was getting just because she was a straight size model and I was a curvy plus size model. God. So again, it was associating size with worth. And um, it really was when I joined Models One, who I'm still with, mm -hmm. and they took me on. And it's a huge agency who are prestigious. They, they, it was a real honor to actually be with them. But I was like, wow, I've been accepted into the fashion industry. This is my foot in the door. And then social media came out mm. and I actually know just before social media, me and my best friend, she was here earlier, Hannah actually supporting my launch. We created something called Model Kind. So me and her, I literally wrote the logo. It was handwritten and we just felt like we had to do something else. We came from, we're, we're in a privileged position. We're models and we have loads of friends in the industry. So I was like, right, we've got models, we've got photographers, we've got underwear. <laughs> Let's do a calendar. So her, one of her best friends passed away from cervical cancer at only 29. So we wanted to raise awareness for the fact that young women need to get their smears done. Mm -hmm. So we did this calendar, 12 of our girlfriends, different sizes, shapes, colors. Then they all had different passions and we showed that. So it wasn't just an image of a girl in underwear. It was more about, okay, what do you do? What makes you happy? What mm -hmm. are you passionate about? What's your side hustle? <laughs> and uh, side hustle. Yeah. And then the photographer was like, okay, great. I'll get the images back to you. I just need to uh, retouch them. And there was something that like clicked and I was like, don't retouch my friends. What are you going to do? They're don't already... retouch my friend like that. Yeah, yeah. no, they're, they're already perfect. Are they not? Like, mm -hmm. I love Alex because of this and, and Rachel because of this. Like, they're beautiful. And um, then we were like, right, we're not retouching it. And then something really clicked in me and I felt empowered. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I want more women to know that they're already good enough and they're mm -hmm. already imperfectly perfect. So that's what I started doing on my social media. I said, I'm not retouching myself and the images that I have control over because I refuse to sit there and smooth out things on my face or my body or change things that are me. Also, Iskra, who has the time? People do. <laughs> no, I know that they do, but I just, like... I know. Why would you want to give that energy? <laughs> Imagine you're literally spending, some people spend 30 minutes to an mm. hour retouching a photo, putting energy into... It's basically saying that they're not good enough in real life. You, of course you are. Mm. And that's why social media, I said, is a, a weapon of mass destruction. I love this. It was because it's infiltrating how you feel about yourself mm. in the real world in a completely made up space online. Mm -hmm. a, a bunch of images that I, I don't, you know, when the internet mm. comes, sometimes kind of baffles you. It's like, where are all these pictures? They're just in the air floating around. Mm -hmm. Like as if that is affecting how you feel about oh, yeah. yourself every day. I just don't want anyone to have that. I think what's interesting, you've made that decision, but what I have found very interesting about social media is that it was one thing to have this barrage of perfection from mm. films, TV and magazines. But then there are people who I know or I've seen in the flesh who have a social media account. And I look at their social media account and go, what? That is completely different. Wow. That's curated. That's filtered. You do not look like that person that I've seen in the flesh. I've seen the real human being. So you're then getting a separate, a new channel that bombards you. And unlike cinema, um, magazines, TV, etc., your brain tells you that that's real. Hmm. Because... Well, you're taking it home with you. Mm -hmm. Your phone is, is highly 
intimate. It's mm. it's it's basically attached to the end of your arm now, mm. um, and so it has so much power. Your phone interrupts conversations. It interrupts precious moments. Um, it requires your constant attention, mm-hmm. and um, so yeah, it has a lot of power. Have that- you read? Um- have you read the studies that are suggesting that it could be affecting our ability to create memories? Because we're <gasps> looking at things through, um, really? through screens. So we're not living in the moment. So you, instead of being at a concert and looking yeah, at Guns and Roses. <laughs> well, they're banning a lot of phones in concerts, which I think is important. Mm. It's, it's Like you say, it's a weapon of mass destruction, social yeah. media on the phone. Used incorrectly. Yes. But I also have to say, I'm very, very grateful for Instagram. Because mm. if I hadn't had the opportunity to speak up and again essentially said listen fashion industry or listen I I want consumers as well your pound your dollar is your power it's your voice it's your vote Mm -hmm. like we need to all decide like what we believe in what we want to invest our time energy money into Um, and so it's really been a tool where I've been able to grow learn surround myself with this amazing community Mm -hmm. because again I take time if I am not feeling like I want to follow someone because it doesn't make me feel good or it makes me jealous. There's Mm -hmm. there's certainly jealousy as well. Even as a model, you can maybe see other models who booked the job that you went for. Mm -hmm. Or I was showing my dad someone the other night and I was like, and actually I saw it in a positive way now, but maybe back in the day would have been like, that's not fair. She gets to travel to all these exotic countries and she's just a blogger and oh, Mm -hmm. that's not fair, is it? And so you've got to be careful what you're consuming. Mm. So I also have a ratio as well. This is a, a tip I tell people. So I call it the create and consume ratio. Okay. So I always make sure that's balanced or in favor of creation rather than consumption. Mm-hmm. Because the more time you are spending just consuming other people's content, you're not creating your own if that's in real life mm-hmm. or if that's in lo- online mm-hmm. because it is part of my work and business to create online and I absolutely love it. I never feel like it's a chore. If I ever do get tired of it or I'm uninspired, I just don't post or I take myself away from mm. it. Um, and so I just, anyone that's listening right now, if you're spending three hours consuming social media but you haven't created anything for yourself, it could be, some people like colouring some people like doing a puzzle. Some mm. people like cooking. Some people like going to the cinema. Or if you're a blogger or if you're someone that wants to get into the fashion industry, start educating yourself. Are you reading you know, the latest magazines and getting inspiration for your journalism? Or are you online finding out more about the world? Like, There's so much we can... So it's definitely keep that balance. Be quite aware because you deserve to be you know, working on yourself mm. or your hustles. Yeah, I love that the race, the create versus the create and consume ratio. ratio. I should be using that moving <laughs> forward. What I'm what I'm mindful of here is that you're 13 years old when you start modelling. Mm-hmm. You begin to see these things that don't sit well with you. Mm-hmm. You begin to make small changes in and around the world that you can. But yes. then, let's face it, you've taken on the industry essentially. You mm. you've planted your flag in the sand and said, "This is not good enough." And you're now the the voice of that in in many ways. That's a, it, it's making me think of like a David and Goliath scene in my head. <laughs> it's a big thing to take on, but yeah. it sounds to me like you're like you like like a fight in the nicest possible way. Like if you believe in something, you're you're going to see it through. I mean, there's nothing more rewarding than people telling you no, and the amount of no's I have had from be it agents back in the day, stylists 
people in the fashion industry, whatever it might be, saying you will never make it. You can't be a model. Like literally, if it's your size, if it's that I'm too commercial, I'm too smiling, I'm too, all of these things. Um, and now, even just now, I went to the BFAs this year and I was like walking up these red steps and I was like, oh, there's Donna Pelle Versace or there's so-and-so. And I was like, I'm in the thick of the fashion industry just because I stuck to my guns yeah. and I was me and no one could change that. And instead, instead of changing myself to try and fit in that industry, I just said, well, this is who I am. But because I'm myself, it's authentic. And as a model, at the end of the day, our job is to help the consumer fall in love with a brand mm -hmm. or a product. And because I've been authentic and I only work with brands that um, are so, you know, work with my values mm -hmm. and beliefs and moral system, the consumer, who is my follower, knows that too. So it's like we have this... We're like friends. Mm. I'm like, oh my God, have you? I love wearing this because it fits or it's stretchy or I think the colors are great and I love this collection because da, 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 and this place, you know, they don't make their clothes in sweatshops. How awesome is that? So it, it's a trust mm. and you can't buy that. You can't fake that. And fashion retailers know that that's a positive way to go. And why not just be good for business? Why not try and be socially responsible mm. as well? And being online, brands are having to step up. Yeah. But that path that you've taken is one of three options, I think. Mm. And yours is the road less travelled, which is one option would be to change yourself to conform yeah. and to um, not be true to yourself in order to be with it. And the other one would be to reject it and say, well, it's all rubbish anyway, mm. and to walk the other way. And you went, no, 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 no. And so, as you say, to be accepted and to be in the middle of it, not having compromised mm. That must feel very, very good. It's good, and I don't feel scared about it mm. because I, I feel like I don't have anything to lose because I was just always myself. Mm. So it's not like someone's going to rip off my mask and be like, "We found you," <laughs> you know. I, I was just, I'm literally me, and I'm here. This yeah. is awesome. Um, I don't feel like I'm on a pedestal at all. Um, I like to show all aspects of my life and the realness. So I, I, I feel like I'm winning, mm. and not in a, I'm a patronizing way I'm just like this was the best decision I made to go this route mm. because it's been rewarding it's been a journey I've learned so much and now I'm able to use the struggles that I had mm -hmm. to try and help others like this is amazing I'm I wake up grateful every single day and so just to all the people out there who are feeling like I don't see the straight route to the end goal mm -hmm. there is not there's probably not a straight route and if there's no one because you look for answers or you look for what steps do I have to take mm -hmm. sometimes you have to invent your own mm -hmm. and they also have to be realistic like you can have a huge dream that's terrifying but you have to have the small little steps mm -hmm. to get there which can change but always keeping um on that positive trajectory mm -hmm. even if it takes you on a bit of a roller coaster did you did you have a vision of what this would look like and then did you work your way back or did you instinctively make decisions, I, do you think? <laughs> I want to say I always knew what it would end like, but in a way I didn't because I didn't see anyone like me in the fashion industry. Mm -hmm. um, I guess I hope. So, yeah, I guess a hope can be a dream. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely, again, I didn't know what the exact vision was. It was blurry because I was trying to combine what I saw and then be like, oh, well, maybe I'd, I'm a bit like that and maybe that could I could do a bit of those things. Um, but it was definitely um, on the way. I was like, 
wait, no, I think I can do that. Okay, let me add that. And it was mm. more, it almost more exciting that way because it kept growing and developing like ivy. <laughs> um, and yeah, again, just like your colorful, you know, notes yes. and vision board, it, it just got more and more colorful. Mm. And when I saw the potential happening and it was even if the door isn't open yet, I reckon if I did this, then maybe it could or, you know, mm-hmm. so... Well, let's also talk about your following because we've referenced it a couple of times. I mean, I think you have across all platforms well over 5 million Mm -hmm. followers and then specifically today, as of today, (laughs) because I'm sure this will change, 3.9 million on Instagram. Um, Did you intend to grow that kind of following? Um, Have you been asked for the secrets of how you created? (laughs) I mean, it's a legion. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of them, and they're amazing. Mm. Oh, you should the... check out my followers. The and even if I do get a mean <laughs> comment, I don't even have to do anything because my followers would be like, uh, "Excuse me, <laughs> step off." Yeah, <laughs> um, I had no idea. I had no idea that was coming. I remember having five thousand, and um, I remember my agency being like. So social media is sort of a thing now and (laughs) it can kind of help your career. So everybody try and post, you know, a couple of times a week, like make sure your pictures aren't blurry, like that, but you can't post on set because you don't want to let the product out early or brands don't like it when you share. So actually there was a weird thing where you weren't allowed to really post much about the brands you're working for. Right. Um, And also remember, I'm sure you remember Instagram when it first came out, it was all about just taking a picture of your food. Or, yeah. or random dogs and using all the filters and the things blah. I've seen today yeah you know so um, it was a couple of things that went viral mm. and I wish I could give you the secret sauce to mm. going viral but there isn't one and so it was essentially I got trolled online and I think it was the first time I had a really hard-hitting comment where I was like whoa this is really mean Mm. it was someone saying that I was the reason that the NHS was effed up um, and I need to put down my McDonald's and stop eating crisps because I was a fat disgusting mess or something like that so at that exact time when I read this comment I was in my underwear so again I'm an I'm an underwear model Mm. like I clearly know I'm very privileged and I can't deny that as a model you have to look a certain way mm-hmm. so I was like I had loads of crisps on set so I was like guys can you just quickly take a video of me like, I'm just gonna eat some crisps and then I didn't even tell them I didn't even know I was gonna do it to be honest so I slow-mo ate some crisps and then gave this guy the finger <laughs> I just posted it up and I was just like this is for anyone who gets body shamed I can't even remember the exact caption it was basically saying like mm-hmm. f you to anyone that is gonna try and tell me how I should feel or Mm -hmm. that you have any right to tell me what to do with my body or my life. Mm -hmm. And it just went viral, like 80 million views across across the the world. And CNN was like, we stand with model Iskra Lawrence. I was like, (laughs) wow, I didn't see this coming. My agent called me the day after, and this is before it like blown up. And he was like, um, so you kind of stuck up your middle finger online. Like this might not go well. Like maybe you should think about taking it down. Not and I was like, brand. yeah. Like he was like, oh, this is this isn't very good. And then he called me like two days later, and he's like, so that's the best thing you ever did. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. You just have to be yourself. It was mm. just a moment where I was literally just being me, and I just thought, oh, f you. Like that's mm. not very nice, is it? But I wanted to show that even something negative that could have really broken someone that was mm-hmm. in, a, in a bad place, try and make it something positive. Yeah, Comedy is a great way to handle 
a lot of bullying or shaming. Mm -hmm. And you'll often find a lot of comedians say that they were often bullied Mm -hmm. growing up. And it's such an empowering thing to do to be able to entertain others or put something positive out there from something that was meant to be hurtful. Mm. And I think with with many followers come or with great followers comes great responsibility. <laughs> because yes, you're being yourself in your captions, but then when people are beginning to interact with you and they're even though you might not have put yourself on a pedestal, they are looking up to you. Yeah. Um They that's... expect you to know all the answers mm-hmm. and to always be on or yeah, even just looking perfect, I guess, or the amount of comments where it's like, Oh, you've lost weight or yeah you've lost weight or oh you put on weight or oh you look great you look curvy and out and it's like they they expect a lot or they mm-hmm. they are definitely so ready to have an opinion on every single aspect of your life or what you're doing and da, da, da. so you have to protect yourself mm-hmm. um very much so and again that's getting the comfort and the love from the real people around you in your life and just mm-hmm. focusing on that so no matter what happens online that can switch off. That can be deleted tomorrow. Mm-hmm. What really matters is, you know, what's going on in your real life. And it's a bonus mm-hmm. that you get to have an awesome community and followers that support you and love you. That's mm. just a bonus. And being able to deal with that cyberbullying, if that's what mm. you want to call it, or negative comments, comes back to having these core values and core self-beliefs. And so before we move into self-care, which is a big topic that I want to chat to you about, I really want to, I think a really good precursor to that is the story of you and the jeans. Mm. Because I think so many women can relate to this. When I heard this story originally, I just thought, oh my goodness, yes, I've judged my own value against an item of clothing in a shop. Yes. And the fabric. fact that yeah. it doesn't fit my body shape. Rather than going, well, that that item of clothing isn't good enough for me. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. And, and giving myself the priority. I've given... You know, that a pair power. of £39.99 check trousers, <laughs> the responsibility. So would you just tell the story about you and the jeans? Because yeah. I think it illustrates and this perfectly. And a great story because it was recent. It was not this summer, it was the summer before. Um, and even someone who I've like who I've said about myself, oh, I'm so confident now and I'm so happy with my body, you will still have days mm. where you, you stumble or you find darkness when you wake up and mm-hmm. maybe you have to... So I was in L.A., I was with my boyfriend and we went into a gorgeous designer store and um, it was a really fancy pair of jeans and they were really cool and the um, shop assistant, she was kind of following me around and like, oh, you want to try this one, do you want to try that one? And I'm already a bit wary, Mm. Um, this might not be the type of store that has my size. So I said, well, I'd quite like to try those jeans on what's the biggest size you go up to and she said, oh, a 29. I don't know what that relates to in UK or US size. But anyway, she assured me, she goes, oh my God, it's, it's the biggest size. It's, it's big enough for you. Definitely. It's super stretchy. Like it's so stretchy. Every, and then she was like, everybody fits in it. Right. So Magic anyway, jeans then. <laughs> I take these jeans off to the fitting room and my boyfriend's like waiting outside. And so I start to put them on. <laughs> And I already knew, I just knew I shouldn't have even gone in there you with these jeans. You know before you get them to your knees, I was already looking at them like, I don't like you already. <laughs> but I got them over to my knees, and, I, and then it started getting really hot in the room. And, and the lighting was awful, and it was just getting hotter and hotter. And then my boyfriend was like, how do they look? And I was like, mmm. And then I kind of saw myself in the mirror, and I saw that I couldn't get them over here. And then again straight back to that catwalk show, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. straight back to not being able to fit on those clothes. And I was like, wow, I can't fit in this designer that I've always wanted to wear. Um, I can't, this is the biggest size in the store. 
I must be fat compared to everyone. All of these things quickly rush. Mm -hmm. Like literally someone's like stabbing you in the arm and it's like, no, you're not good enough. This is da da da. And I was like, I felt gross. I felt unattractive. I was embarrassed to come out and say it didn't fit. You know, and I thought even my boyfriend might think, oh, well, she's really big then. Or, you know, you just think most ridiculous Mm -hmm. things. And so then I was like, wait a second, Iskra. (laughs) I was like, no, 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 no. Are you about to cry or or ruin your day when you are in LA on holiday, you have a boyfriend who loves you, you are so much more than this. And I kind of held these jeans up in this fabric. I did kind of want to burn them. But (laughs) I was just like, you, jeans, will not ruin my day. And Mm. and it was just a a small moment, but it was just like, we're we're letting things do that to us Mm. all the time. We're letting ourselves do that. And it can be every single day that some people are waking up mm-hmm. and, and letting a piece of fabric ruin their day or a look from someone or a comment mm-hmm. or however we're talking to ourselves. And it's like, no, we have the power to decide how we feel about ourselves. Mm. Nobody else. And that is what's so powerful. And I think this is why it leads so well into this campaign of self-care. Yeah. And um, one thing I really wanted to talk about was the fact that you're very keen to introduce um, teaching self-care into mm-hmm. do you want to add it to the curriculum is that is that the ultimate plan yeah long term the ultimate goal would be to have it in PSHE mm-hmm. um, and again when I went into three schools in the UK with the BBC um, I it was so awesome because I got to talk to 11 to 14 year olds boys and girls and I hadn't spoken to as many young boys before mm-hmm. and I was just thinking I'm gonna get up here with my presentation about being confident and loving your body and all this and I'm like oh my god are these boys gonna laugh are they mm-hmm. gonna get it are they gonna be like what's she on about like she can't tell so I was she's just a model that's what I was really really worried mm-hmm. and um it was a it was a not even a classroom it was the whole assembly so it was hundreds of kids and I just thought, what if someone laughs? Because I'm literally showing pictures of, um, you know, the Britney Spears iconic photo where it was her before and then after the Photoshop? Oh, yeah. That, yeah, yeah. I know the so I was showing those kind of images and I was talking about bullying and cyberbullying and all of these things. And every single child in that room was just locked in to exactly mm. what I was saying. They, I could see them, like, absorbing it and taking it in. And they said afterwards, and I was trying to make it... A, punchy and short as possible so they didn't get bored but the first one I did was 55 minutes long because I couldn't stop and then the next one was like 35 and then the last one was like 25 30 I said if any of you want to come up and have a little private one-on-one chat with me I'm just going to stand here you can like queue up and I'll you know talk to you for as long as we can do this and it was like half and half of boys and girls that queued up and I received a dm two days ago from one of the little boys who's now 15 and a half so I went to his school about a year ago and he said my life has changed since that since you came into my school bearing in mind this was 30 minutes wow and he said um when when I spoke to you and told you that I felt too skinny as a boy and I was taking protein supplements already and I couldn't get into the football team so it made me feel like I wasn't good enough and I he actually said I don't know if I would still be here. He said I was really not in a good place. I didn't feel like I was worthy to be alive. And he just said that you gave me the confidence to know that I don't have to be like everyone else and that I can be myself and that's okay. And so I was like, why are we not doing this in schools? Mm. 
And I know it's hard because the teachers already have so much on their plates, but we have to. Mm. It, and it's especially the online bullying. I mean, there's, there's too many rates of suicide. It's frightening. And I think this common thread of no one teaches you self-esteem, no one teaches no. you how to... Um, we're teaching exam techniques most of the time. Yeah, and standardised testing, I have a very big problem yes. with that just because I'm not very good at them, <laughs> ultimately. But that's not that's not how I learn and, and show off the best of me, so that's why my school years yeah. were pretty miserable. But um, I would have much rather have someone sit down and explain to me how to look after my mental health or how mm -hmm. to build confidence mm -hmm. or how to appreciate the things about me that I did have. I went to a school that was very sporty and very academic, mm. two of the things that I am not. So I was always going to feel less than in that yeah. environment and you carry that with you. But if there was an opportunity to celebrate the things that I was good at, mm. would it have been a different story? Yeah, I mean, how is it being the last person picked for a team mm. and you're stood there I don't, I don't know how we, we have to explain to that child, mm. you know, that it doesn't matter. I know it, it's so hard, but it's like mm. you are wonderful and you are special and you are gifted in so many other ways. If you suck at football, it's okay. If you're mm. not going to get an A, like it's okay. There's so many more things in life that, you, you know, you're going to bring to the table mm. and that you have. And so it is giving everybody that freedom and just that power to yeah. believe in themselves. Uh, the amount of people I've spoken to and said, if you peak in your school years, that's not great. <laughs> yeah. Peaking a bit later on might actually be the best thing. So just hang on, hang on, because it will come. It will, it will be all right. You'll, you know, you'll find your tribe eventually. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I had a lot of people that I went to school with that they, you know, they would go to lunch on their own and I would try and sit with different groups because I didn't really believe that you had to have one friendship group and that was it. Mm. So I'd go and sit with random people. But, you know, I've, I've seen so many of the boys that I remember getting bullied because they were too geeky or whatever, it might not sporty enough. And yeah. they're happily married now and they have really successful careers and, you know, they found who they wanted to be and who they were. And all I can say is to all those people growing up, like you are meant to be you and you will be valued just for that, mm. for just being you and you will enrich other people's lives by just being you. I was just listening to a podcast actually with Terry Crews and he was saying that exact thing, like you are unique, yeah. which makes you so special. You're invaluable. Mm. There was no one else created like you, mm -hmm. so we need you. And, and again, that's something I definitely... I think mental health wise I've noticed that it's often when people feel invisible mm -hmm. they don't feel like they're heard or seen or valued that really can affect your self-esteem and, and it feels like you're in a, a cage and no one can see you mm. no one cares and it's such a downward spiral so yeah. especially at schools it, as hard as it is we have to try and acknowledge mm. other people's gifts and talents yeah. and personalities and not just think they're the jock they're the A-star student. What about all the other people in the mm -hmm. classroom? Because it's not one way fits all. Mm. I read Kelly Osborne's book last year, and actually one of the very oh. interesting things she said, I highly recommend it, okay. was um, about bullying by exclusion and how yeah. it's so painful and the damage that it can do. And it comes back to what you're saying is if you're okay with you, mm -hmm. if you do that work, you do the yeah. self-care, you love yourself, then somebody excluding you just makes you eliminate them from your radar a little bit and go, well, you're the one with the issue, not me. Yeah. And I, that's a muscle that I think um, perhaps doesn't get flexed so much or trained mm. when we're younger. And it's something you kind of learn yeah, on the I mean, road. How many people don't feel represented you know, when <clears throat> they look at the media? 
and they look at movies and they're like, well, I've only ever seen a skinny white woman as the, the love interest. I've only ever seen her get the guy. Mm. What about me? Or I've only ever seen the hero. He's got an eight-pack, and I'm not big and hench like <laughs> him. Like, we've just got these stereotypes, mm. and we've been taught from such a young age about prince and princesses and happily ever after and all these things that are not realistic mm. whatsoever. And um, we have to break that down to young people and... and give them the secret almost because they're, they're shrouded in all of this secrecy because we don't talk to them mm. about a lot of things um, and they're just encouraged to well I hate as well when you ask a little kid oh what do you want to be and they say oh an astronaut or a ballerina or whatever it might be but then when it gets to school we say well no you have to pick something you know mm. actually that you will do mm -hmm. that you can do they can do that mm. Um, and so, again, it's just freeing them from all of those expectations that are yeah. already set upon you before you've even got started. Expectations and restrictions. Mm. There's like, so oh, many restrictions. Yeah, exactly. And that's... Yeah. Pigeonholed again mm -hmm. by the way you've grown up, your culture and society mm. and the way you look. There's so much more. And you said something as well interesting in a previous interview where you said, all of those years when I doubted myself, all of those years when I did used to let the clothes win mm. and I would break, I can't get those years back. No. So as somebody who's on the other side, who's made, who's drawn that line and said, no more world, no mm -hmm. more, and, or can pick yourself up when it hits you again, yeah. what would you say to the people who are still there who need to do the work? Like, Well, it's exactly that. Are you investing time into looking after yourself? Mm -hmm. My number one thing is gratitude lists and diaries. And it can just be a mental list, but sometimes it's great to write it down or share it with your friends. Mm -hmm. So sometimes my housemate, she gets super stressed with work and she sometimes feels like she's not going anywhere. Um, we'll do a gratitude list and she'll text it to me. And it's hilarious because it'd be like, I ate my favorite muffin today. <laughs> the subway was on time. It's sunny outside, and it is those simple little things that bring you back to, because you can't have ego talk or be in a um, negative space if you're in a grateful space. Mm -hmm. So if you choose to go with the, the, the path of gratitude, it really is just so uplifting beyond anything I've ever experienced, mm. um, and it just works. And it's the same, that's what I did with the jeans. I was mm. like, I'm in LA, and it just makes you feel just yeah that's all I can say uplifting it's like every time you can say something so it could be um later I had a Nando's for lunch mm -hmm. I, okay wow that was awesome yeah um I'm gonna get a facial later oh even better and then I'm like wow I've got clean water as well mm. and I've got a, a shelter a place to live tonight and I and it was like I'm not gonna worry about my cellulite now <laughs> are you kidding me I did an accidental gratitude journal at the end of last year <laughs> It was my birthday. It was accidental. It wasn't what I set out for it, but it was 40 days of 40. And every, in yeah. the 40 days before my 40th birthday, I was going to do something that I knew would make me happy. <gasps> Love that. Um, as a celebration of yeah. what have you. And so whether it was just like having tea with my friend or one night I um, was like, I'm going to put my aromatherapy oils on. Mm. I had my first ever birthday party that I asked people to come to, which was so far out of my comfort zone. Oh. And what I didn't realize was that by the time I hit my birthday, I loved my friends more than I've ever mm. loved them. I was so grateful for my life more than I've ever been grateful for the things that I've created around me. My family, it was just, it was an accidental gratitude journal in the sense that mm -hmm. I didn't set out for it to 
do so imagine that. if you did that every day. Hmm. Might sound like a lot, and even people, you know, everyone might be like, "Oh wow, really? You can be positive and smiley and do that every day." But I would say, from committing to doing my own gratitude thing, I can find something to be grateful for every single day. Mm-hmm. And it's just like you said, investing time in things that make you happy. It can be silly things, like it could be. Uh, I love this app, Civilization, on my phone, so I'm going to play that because it makes me happy. (laughs) Or, yeah, going to the cinema or whatever it can be, uh, cooking or Mm -hmm. dancing, like just putting your favourite song on and Mm -hmm. just make sure you're doing something every day that, yeah, like you said, makes you happy. That would be a great challenge. 2018, everyone. (laughs) Bring it. (laughs) Gratitude challenge. Yes. Let's let's get on to that. Let's put the call to action out there. (laughs) Now... We talked about this just before we started recording. I'm keen to find out how you've gone about this. Mm. Lots of people have social media channels. Lots of people put out positivity. Not everybody creates a business out of it. And I know a mm-hmm. lot of listeners either have side hustles or are working towards leaving what they're currently doing to do the thing that they would feel passionate about, which is what you are doing mm-hmm. now. How has that all played together? And how did it go from being a social media feed that you're just like, I'm going to be authentic and put myself out there to being a business, essentially. So I think the most important thing um, in any business is to not go after the money. Mm-hmm. Um, money was not even in my plan for um, trying to grow social media. I never thought it would help any sort of business at all. So I, it just was super authentic and I wanted to create and put out things there that I felt needed to be put out there. Um, and... I only, again, it was never about the short-term, quick financial gain. So I remember the first time I received those kind of DMs where it was like, hey, would you promote the skinny tea? We'll give you £100. Um, and this is maybe when I had 10,000 followers. And I could have done it mm-hmm. because, oh, £100, that's easy, isn't it? Yeah. I just, I just knew, I was like, I don't agree with that so no way am I going to promote that just for the sake of it so I made a decision and even now to this day there are a lot of quite big brands that would want to work with me that I'll say no to Mm -hmm. with great money because I want to make sure that I'm only promoting things I would actually wear I would actually use and that I like the company I believe in what they are doing Mm -hmm. and that has helped develop instead of doing quick short-term little financial gains to actually thinking longer term and instead I'm someone as a model I don't have millions of different clients because not everybody wants to use a model of my size or is feels comfortable or safe working with me because I'm so um, vocal Mm -hmm. so I would rather work with one brand and develop a relationship and a contract and you know I work with Aerie they've never had anyone any model have a contract before and I remember signing kind of a deal with them and a lot of people being like, wow, that's the most incredible deal we've seen in a long time because it was so many days. Mm. It was really committing. I was in their marketing meetings. Like models hadn't really done that before. And it was because I didn't want short term little quick bits of cash or just to work with a ton of different mm. brands. I wanted to develop and work really closely with brands that I loved and believed in because I felt like that brought more value to me and mm-hmm. to them. And I think in many industries you don't just go there submit your cv get the job turn up you do that that's the first step then there's all the other steps Mm -hmm. and i think the most important thing is working your ass off every (laughs) single day and as a model probably people don't know but 
the best thing is to have a consistent client. So if I was just going to a casting, booking the job, turn up late, didn't do a great job, didn't wasn't nice to people, didn't have good energy, they wouldn't book me again. Mm. Instead, you turn up and you blow their minds mm. and um, you give them as much positive energy as you can until the last second you offer to do more shots, you offer to, you know, you bring, it sounds funny because, again, this is model stuff, but bring nude lingerie, black lingerie, pair of heels. You make sure your skin's fresh and clean. Mm. You've got, you know, your hair done or whatever it might be. Your nails are looking good and healthy and all of those things elevate you and take you to that next level and again that is all about being the best you can be every single day Mm -hmm. which again can sound like a lot you can have days where you're not feeling that motivated but for me that's how you succeed it's but I cut myself a break now yeah so I cut myself a break so if I'm having an if I'm working from home for example and it's not going well my head's head's just not in the right place I find myself on social media too much Mm -hmm. I will do my best, and then at some point I'll say, right, today's not the day when you're going to be super productive. Yeah, oh, that's... So, yeah. watch Real Housewives, yep. regroup, see how you feel afterwards, go for a walk, but if you have to write today off, because actually there's no point in having an unproductive day where you actually yeah. achieve nothing and get frustrated, write it off. That's self-care. That's you yes. listening to yourself mm. and, and listening to what your, your mind and body needs and just letting that be. And mm. I, 100%, I have that too. I did six days phone-free over Christmas. Ooh. Completely phone-free. No text messaging, no call. Like, it was, it locked in my case, like, switched off. Like, it didn't exist. And the first day was really weird. <laughs> this might have to be one of my 26 habits, breaking a habit for two weeks. I, yeah, but I also think you could just do it one day a week. That's what I might try and start Ooh. doing. Again, I don't know if it's realistic because my work's quite all over and mm. obviously my friends might be angry and family might be angry if I just don't communicate <laughs> for a whole day. <laughs> like, where are you? Mm. Um, but it was so great because you don't even realise how you feel every second of the day with your phone. With It's yeah. a crutch, mm-hmm. essentially. And so I found myself sitting on the sofa. <laughs> My parents weren't in the room at this point, but I was just sat there, like, taking it all in. <laughs> and time moved slower, and I felt very present. And I guess you, it really is interesting, and it's really exciting in a way, because I was just being. Mm. And there's nothing else I wanted to do in that moment but just sit there. I didn't really think about much. And I was like, when was the last time I did this? I have no idea. And that's why in the program I do have mindfulness exercises and meditations. Mm-hmm. But this wasn't even that. This was on another level of just like being a bit of a lettuce. Like just <laughs> sat there and just absolutely nothing. I was just doing nothing. And it was pretty cool. And then when I went to Ireland and saw my family, I was just able to be really present in every mm. conversation and not forget what someone said earlier. And Yes, yeah. Because I think I do that a lot in New York when I'm busy working. And I'm mm-hmm. kind of nodding half listening but not really actually absorbing Mm -hmm. or taking it in and that's not really fair on people Mm. especially your friends and your loved ones who are investing time into being with you and then you're you're there but you're not really there so that's something I want to do more of you know that awful media stereotype of you're at a party and the person you're talking to is always looking over your shoulder to see if someone better's come in I feel like that's what social media does because your brain's often thinking oh, I wonder if I've had any likes, I wonder if I've had any this, or should I be looking at that when you're communicating with people? It's like the looking over the shoulder to see. It's crazy how many people you see now out on dates and they're both on their phones. Mm. Or, you know, and I just, 
why are you on a date then? Yeah. You should just have your phone set opposite you and just, just I communicate that with that. I think that might be the future. Although, let's try oh, to make sure it isn't. Oh, gosh. Um, so much is happening this year already for you with the launch, which is incredibly exciting. Yay, thank you. So what else can we expect from you in 2018? Well, I have a feeling it's oh, a lot. Um, it is. I definitely um, am... I'm very interested in getting more into product development mm -hmm. and starting that kind of um, direction as I'm very, very excited about being a, being in full control of my own brand mm -hmm. because then I have complete control over how I market to people and I feel like that's what I've been doing. I've been learning what do people actually want. Um, I don't want to force feed anyone anything they don't need or want and that's, again, the everybody thing it's not just putting a fitness program out because mm -hmm. I can and I, I, you know, it would be good. Mm -hmm. It's like, what do people need that I don't feel like is there mm -hmm. and how can I change people's perception of something? I want people that have never ever worked out or even thought about health or maybe even cooked fresh food to have a go and be like, oh, I've learned something new and this, was, this made me feel good. So the message here is that it's accessible essentially, isn't it? Completely. Whereas I think that so many um, platforms that talk about health, particularly directed at females, yeah. make it inaccessible or confusing. And I have been the victim of that. Exclusive, like, yeah, yeah. very exclusive, mm. barriers to entry where mm. your fitness already has to be quite high or you have to look a certain way because the people you're watching in the video don't look like you. Mm. Also, there's ones where you have to take a before photo as soon as you sign up because you're meant to then post your after photo well, geez, that's a lot of pressure. You might what not if be I don't want to lose weight? Like, that's not the be-all and end-all. Yeah. What if I, you know, and it's just like, it's it's just too much. Like, let's strip it all back. Mm. Let's just be like, hey, do you want to feel good? Like, what mm. should we do? Well, I think if you listen to this and you have a go at moving your body, like, I think it might make you feel pretty good. Like, mm. you might have more energy, hopefully. You might be falling in love back with food and cooking. And, you know, if you listen to some of our... We've got amazing interviews with other inspiring women who talk openly about their struggles, be it with their sexuality or work or menstruation mm. or so many different topics that aren't covered, but to me are all part of health. Mm. So that's why it's really exciting for me. I'm excited to see it. I am excited to see it. I can't <laughs> wait to see what it's going to look like. And yeah. Obviously, listeners, when this show is live, um, you'll probably be listening to this when mm. it is available for you so the link will obviously be yeah. in the show and don't notes. let the pink put you off guys you are welcome <laughs> as well um I, I mean i definitely that's something i want to look into when we get the figures for who's signing up and joining mm. like i would like to get some more male content eventually um but we just got to make sure we're not you know running before we're walking and crawling totally well <laughs> men, male male fitness content i haven't really covered that because i obviously only focus on the the female mm. but that's really hardcore as well like those chiseled six packs oh, on the front of magazines so unrealistic and I also I know someone who did one of those challenges and didn't eat the day before the shoot and then on the morning of the shoot was given three Weetabix to eat to dehydrate it whoa yeah there's a lot of that yeah. so it's completely unreal anyway a lot of it's extreme and mm. um, you know to fit into people's lifestyles I mean not everyone is you know, a full-time fitness blogger mm. or full-time Instagram model that can invest every single hour in their day to specifically look a certain way in a photo. Mm -hmm. That's not happening. So it's for the people who have kids or have busy lifestyles or are working. Like, how do I fit in time to look after myself? Mm. 
And also, I know certain, we've talked about celebrities being put on pedestals, and someone who looks great is Chris Hemsworth. But I was listening to an interview with Ron Howard, and it was when he was on that film where um, he had to lose a lot of weight mm. because they were stranded on a ship. And he said that he left the sound on. He was directing and he had his ear cams on. And he could hear Chris Hemsworth and the other cast members talking about how the fact they had a, um, a lunch break in 20 minutes. And it, today it was celery covered in olive oil. And they were really excited or something like that. Like, that's extreme. We mustn't measure ourselves against no. those people is where I'm going with that. Wow. And you just hope that that's done in a, in a healthy-ish way? Well, it's under the care of a nutritionist, but it's still fairly extreme, though. It is quite extreme. And life doesn't have to be like that. We don't have to be No, extreme. we don't. We certainly don't. And, um, yeah, it's it's not all real what we see in the mm. media. And it's a lot to try. And if you're ever competing with that, you just can't. And even just as a model, I will turn up to things. And, you know, I was recently in a photo with this model who I guess I idolized since I was very young. And I, get, I definitely before I would have been like, oh, my goodness, I'm next to her. Da, da, da. I'm not tall or skinny enough. Or da, da. But I was just like well, this is me, and she's her, she's awesome and beautiful, but you know what, so am I, so, you know, I feel comfortable, and mm. I'm not ever going to put myself down, because I want to build everybody up, mm. I want to see the beauty in someone else, but also in myself, and you, that is possible. And you came to that place from having been knocked down, not only by your inner voice, but by the stylist, mm. that dresser that time, who said that, so for anyone listening, I guess, what yeah. you're saying is, if you can get there, then For sure. anyone can. Well, it was only, like I said, that first plus-size agency who I begged to take me on. I asked them, oh, I've heard that there's a bigger industry for someone my size in New York. Maybe you could send my portfolio over. And they were like, you won't get to New York. I was like, well, why is that? And they said, well, you're not. You're only 5'9", and usually plus-size models are a bit taller, and you're really not big enough because they like plus-size models to be even bigger in the States. So, no. And then, like, six months later... I asked again, and I was like, are you sure? Like, why can't you just send it over? It doesn't matter if they say no, but just, like, give me the chance. Mm. And they refused again. So that's where I had to take matters into my own hand, and that's when I went to Models 1, and I just said, look, this is the situation I'm in. I really believe I can do it. My aim is to get to New York. This is what I want. There's this brand, you know, that I really want to work with, Airy. They don't retouch, all these things. And it was just like, sometimes you have to take mm. you know, the power back for yourself and just go off and do it yourself and by Jiminy haven't you just yeah <laughs> well we're I'm here somehow Emma and thank you can't believe I'm on your podcast that's awesome I'm so thrilled to have had you on the show thank you so Yay. much I find you inspiring as hell Yay! Um, and I wish you all the success with the app as I said listeners the links will be in the show notes I've just had this is in Iskra Lawrence thank Woo! you so much and this is Emma Gunn and everybody <laughs> watching you're you so you rock too <laughs> Hey, before you go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening. If you aren't already, you can follow me over on social media where I am at Emma Guns. You can leave a five-star review and rating for this show wherever it is that you listen on iTunes, if that's where it happens to be. And also, if you want to join the Emma Gunn Show Forum on Facebook, the link is in the uh, show notes. It's a closed group. I approve everybody personally. And it's where we take the discussion and stuff from the show a little bit further in a chat group. We've been having so much fun over there. Do come and join us. There's going to be another amazing guest on the show next week. Thank you so much for listening and see you next time.